Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Charity Charge Show. I am so excited to have our guest today, John Nevitt, the president and CEO of PIR on with us today. Thank you, John, for, for being with us and taking your time to talk about your organization and the awesome initiatives you're doing. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for having me and thanks for all the great work that you do. For sure. I also want to give a big shout out to folks on your team, including Judy um, Song Marshall, who you know I had the pleasure of speaking with the other week, learned a lot about what you all are doing. And it's really remarkable. I think that there can never be enough um, support and resources and um, positive um, affirmations about, you know, awesome people in the nonprofit world doing amazing work. And it's so great that you all are um, shedding a positive light on it. Um, as way of background, I just want to share with everyone listening that John is the president and CEO. Uh, as a veteran of the domain name industry, he co-founded Donuts Inc. in 2010, helped raise in excess of $150 million to form a registry of over 240 internet domain extensions. And furthermore, before that, he was a director at MCI and associate at the law firm of Kirkland and Ellis, judicial clerk in the U.S. District of Pennsylvania, a congressional campaign coordinator, and a legislative assistant in New York State Assembly. Um, hope I didn't pass over anything else that's important, but anything in general you want to share just about your background and what, uh, how that prepared you for PIR before we get specifically into the work at PIR? Sure. Thanks, Stephen. So I, I come from a, a legal background, legal training, uh, been morphing over to more the uh, business side and now the nonprofit side over the years. Uh, I joined the domain name industry after a stint in telecom and I've been here oh, about 17, 18 years doing uh, domain name work. And now I have the best job in the industry, um, supporting .org and running a great team at Public Interest Registry or PIR. And uh, and you got a taste of that great team by chatting with Judy. So um, we're, we're really thrilled with uh, our mission and what we do. And I'm glad to share it with you and, and the folks uh, listening. Thank you. And let's jump dive right into that because I always sort of, took it for granted um, that I, you know, we work with all these nonprofit organizations across the country. And I know that, by the way, you work with organizations globally. And if you're running a nonprofit listening to this, if you don't already operate with a .org domain name, you should, and we'll get into reasons why. But can you give us just the backstory of really the brass tacks of like why this was created and sort of in a day in, day out basis, what do you all do to help make .orgs possible and and talk about that infrastructure? Uh, sure, just give a, a quick 101 on a domain name registry. Um, so when, when the internet was created, instead of having people remember numbers like in the telephone uh, industry, and uh, when you remember a telephone number, uh, what the domain name system did was create a, a system where you could remember a name instead of a number, a number being an IP address. So it's much easier to remember uh, stephengarten.org uh, versus uh, an IP address. I own address. .com. I do. I registered that. It's all right. In it's all right. We, we still love you. No, so no worries there. I've been that for a long time. Yeah. Um, so uh, so the d domain name system converts a, a name into a number. and and each what's called top level domain. So .org is a top level domain. There's one entity that controls the authoritative database that says this name 
converts to this number and it's recognized on the internet. So if someone uh, goes to a browser anywhere in the world and puts in a .org in their browser, we make sure it resolves to the right site. Uh, so that's what the registry does. We essentially provide a um, just a vital part of, of uh, anyone using .org's web, web presence. Um, and the .org name, uh, as you mentioned, evokes, you know, it announces to the world essentially that it's a website for good. It's a mission-driven site. Uh, and that would, that's what distinguishes .org from all the other top-level domains out there. You know, we, we support, we supply um, services to mission-driven entities. And the more mission-driven entities that are out there, uh, it makes the, the world a better place. And that's why I think we, we have uh, an amazing job, an amazing uh, opportunity to help support uh, nonprofits, corporate social responsibility sites, associations, everyone who uses .orgs. Uh, and help them succeed. I love it. And give us a sense. I mean, I know what it is, but share with the audience um, the sense of scale in terms of how many .org are out there and how many are you, have you all been supporting? Uh, there are right now over $10.5 million .orgs out there. And uh, we provide them a trusted uh, home to do their great work. So our brand is in their brands. So if you're running a, a nonprofit, whether it's daysforgirls.org, uh, our, our .org is part of their brand. And and all the great work that they do, we, we feel like we help a little bit uh, by providing them a, a trusted digital presence. It's, it's really cool. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I, I realized after, you know, learning about your organization uh, I realize there's just things and moving parts behind the scenes that we sort of take for granted. And it's just amazing that you're playing a role in, you know, 10 and a half million organizations globally. And I think that a lot of people um, that are running these nonprofit organizations, you know, it's not the right term to say, take it for granted, but just don't have any kind of perception of, you know, what's happening to allow them to have this .org. And, and even as you mentioned, going back to sort of the formation of the I guess you could call it like the modern internet um, as or even really pre-modern internet. It's really remarkable. So, you know, we are talking with the president and CEO of literally the organization that supports 10 and a half million dot orgs um, across the globe. Pretty cool. I want to talk about um, something, an initiative that you're doing that's entering the third year, um, which is um, your impact awards. Um, can you share a little bit uh, about that? Talk about why you decided to create these impact awards and talk about, um, you know, how organizations can get involved in the nomination process, because I, I think that there can never be enough positive um, recognition and support. And, and I say this for, for people listening. It's really, I've been humbled lately by the feedback I've been getting from the listeners of the podcast, but you know, we started Charity Charge to empower nonprofits um, to raise reoccurring revenue, to make sure that they had, you know, the financial resources and support. But really then the podcast came about um, because I was interacting with all of these amazing nonprofits every single day. And I was learning about their missions and I was so moved by it that I felt that there needed to be um, not the, but just another platform. And so this podcast that, you know, we're on right now, John, is very much just about lifting up and highlighting awesome people at organizations, yourself included. 
And why I feel so connected to PIR and your work is what you do is in that line of a similar mission. So without further ado, yeah, please share with us the impact awards. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. And I totally agree. You know, what you do to help uh, support nonprofits is is amazing. It's great work. And it, it takes a village, uh, as the expression goes. And yes. uh, a lot of us help support others, you know, provide uh, various tools or resources to nonprofits. And, and uh, it's great that we create a community uh, to do that and, and to work together to help uh, as many as possible. So one way we do that is by celebrating uh, .orgs. We promote them and celebrate them and, you know, whether they're feeding, healing, educating, inspiring, uh, enlightening, everything else that they possibly could do uh, to make the world a better place, we want to we want to reward them and help them uh, as much as possible. That's part of our nonprofit mission. We are a nonprofit as well and we support uh, them and one way we do that is through the uh, .org Impact Awards. So you could go to orgimpactawards.org. And uh, it's an award program. We're in our third year uh, of this. We honor the remarkable organizations that use .org. And again, making those who are making the world a better place. And we have uh, eight different categories of uh, awards. And we have, there's a cash donation that's, that's uh, associated with each uh, category and they range from I think ten thousand dollars to thirty five thousand dollars to help support them and promote them. So uh, last year we had over five hundred nominations and uh, we're hoping for even more this year. The deadline to apply is August third, and we'd encourage your your listeners to do that. Um, and if you don't find the time to do it this year, there's always next year because it's a great program and we'll continue it. Um, so uh, I look forward to seeing the amazing organizations that that'll be nominated this year. In the past, I, I mentioned Days for Girls um, earlier in, in the show, and they're an organization that provides um, menstrual health and uh, education, uh, especially in Africa. Uh, they won last year the Org of the Year. They, they were in the category of uh, combating coronavirus. And they had a campaign called Masks for Millions and Pandemics Don't Pause for Periods. And uh, uh, just an amazing organization that, that's that are helping um, young women uh, throughout the continent of Africa. And um, we were thrilled to be able to uh, reward them and promote them and celebrate all their great work. And there were tons of other uh, .org uh, winners. We had a, a young woman in Florida that started a um, a charity when she was, I think, 13 years old, and she helps provide uh, gifts and toys and games to young young folks in the hospital uh, around in the United States around the around the country, uh, because she was in the hospital uh, growing up a lot, and she thought that that would be a good thing to do to give back. And uh, so Kayla Bromwitz won the the newcomer of the year, the volunteer of the year award, and and we have six or eight other stories from last year, and we're going to create. Uh, the same number of stories this year with with our eight award, uh, awards and we're really looking forward to it. We have a, a, a healthy group of uh, judges that are eager to look for look at the nominations and and perhaps uh, you'd you'd be willing to be a judge if not this year next year uh, because it's uh, it's it's a fun uh, environment to to look at all the great work that that dot orgs are doing around the world. Well, I'd be honored. Um, whenever, whenever the time is right to, to be involved and further support 
your efforts however I can. What I what I also just want to share for now, what I really appreciate about um, the breadth of the Impact Awards, and again, for, for those listening along, you can learn more at orgimpactawards.org. Um, you had mentioned the eight categories, but you know, for anyone listening that's either um, directly on a board of a nonprofit or supporting a nonprofit or knows amazing people at an organization, I think there's a spot for nearly any organization to, to fall into. And so those award categories, um, some of these John had alluded to, but are health and healing in a time of pandemic, overcoming climate change, fighting hunger and poverty, providing quality education for all, championing diversity, equity, and inclusion, building better communities. And then there, of course, is the .org Rising Stars, which puts a spotlight on young people making an enormous difference in their communities. And last, the .org of the Year Award, which honors the organization, which has had the most impact over the past year. And one of the things that I also think is really great, you know, for nonprofits to be able to do their work and their mission, it, it takes support, it takes money, it takes dollars, and you all have stepped up. So also, you know, outside of just the recognition, this awesome spotlight, um, winners in each of those categories will receive a $10,000 donation each for each category. And then the overall winner of the .org of the year will receive an additional $35,000. So if you are listening, get your nominations in. It is really um, a great way to, to get exposure for organization, um, have those leaders get the recognition that they definitely deserve, and then hopefully also get dollars that actually can go right back into their bottom line um, to support that mission. So yeah, this, is, this is just super cool. Thanks. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for uh, laying out all the, uh, the different awards. And again, uh, orgimpactaward.org is the place to go to, to find that. And we also promote and uh, celebrate orgs in a different way. We have a .org story program where we featured .orgs um, and, and some of the great work that they do. We, we did one uh, recently called Comfort Cases, where um, it's a charity that uh, uh, an individual uh, who used to be in the foster care system uh, created uh, to, to make it uh, more meaningful, to, to go make it easier for kids who are going through the foster care uh, system. And they, they give them a, a backpack filled with uh, good stuff and makes them feel more at home. Uh, it was interesting because in the .org story, uh, it's a video and you can see it on uh, orgstories.org uh, on our site. And um, it, I, I found this uh, amusing in that um, the, the CEO uh, who used to be in the foster care system himself said that uh, .org is for givers and .com is for takers. And it was totally unscripted. And um, I just thought that was interesting. And, and for me, it's hard to disagree with. Uh, I think that, um, you know, the, the .orgs that we work with and the .orgs that we support and celebrate, uh, whether it's um, the Jordan Thomas Foundation or uh, one of my favorites is, is called Dancing Divas and Dudes. And it's a dance program for uh, kids with autism. And we did a video on, uh, on them and helped help support and um, celebrate them as well. So there's, there are a lot of great uh, stories. I wish we could do even more, uh, but but everyone we do is is fascinating and, and really heartwarming, you know? So yeah, I watch those videos and I, I'll admit that I'm a bit of a crier because <laughs> there's, I don't think one of these videos uh, goes by without, without uh, requiring a tissue for me. Well, I really, 
appreciate you sharing all that. And I think that that's also awesome. I mean, it's just yet another initiative as I'm learning more and more about your organization and what you all do. Um, and those can be found at dot, dot org story dot org, correct? Uh, yeah, orgstories.org. Orgstories.org, excuse me. I'm on I'm on the new.org. Um, yep, and you can get your, there from there. Part of your website as well. So with, with that too, I mean, what I want to, um, what I also wanted to bring up is another initiative that I learned about, which is great, is the orglearningcenter.org. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and sort of the impetus to create and, and, and run that? Sure. So um, one of our own nonprofit missions is we support the Internet Society, which is a, a, a group, a great organization that helps provide free and open Internet, access to the Internet around the world. Um, and, and they do they have a foundation that gives grants. So they so that's one one level of our support. Another part of our uh, nonprofit mission is to uh, conduct what we call education and outreach. So the .org Learning Center is, an, is a way for us to support nonprofits around the world and uh, through education. So uh, whether it's a, a, a webinar or a paper, uh, we just issued one today uh, on the .org uh, Learning Center. So uh, I encourage people to, to go look at it. And it, it could be, you know, how getting experts to write a paper on how best to fundraise or how to protect your brand online or anything else uh, uh, in your in your web presence or anything else that would help uh, a nonprofit succeed uh, on the internet and so we provide that that kind of information we provide sponsorships and other uh, means to help um, mission-driven organizations succeed online and uh, one other element um, that we recently uh, rolled out was is called the um, DNS Abuse Institute. So we help combat uh, abuse in the domain name system or the DNS. And we created an institute to create uh, learning and collaboration and tools for uh, anyone using the internet to help uh, make sure it's it's as safe as possible. Obviously, there are, there are negative uh, aspects to the internet that we all uh, encounter. We want to make sure that uh, .org, especially, but even the entire internet is as as safe and healthy as 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 we could uh, have it. You know, within the bounds of uh, free expression and all the other things that that uh, folks have uh, um, you know our rights to. So, um, health and trust is is something that are very are both things very important to us. I think it's so important. I mean, and again, you know, I'll just call out the URL for the org.org learning center. It's org.learningcenter.org. You know, and on that, John, the vast majority of organizations, I think it's something like 97%, this is in the US at least, 97% of nonprofits are under a million dollars in annual revenue. And so there is no shortage of individuals that um, are running a nonprofits are not familiar with their mission and how to serve and how to make a difference. But they're on those front lines and they're often doing it with a very small team, very small budgets, but making obviously a huge impact. And, you know, just what, what I've seen and found um, with our work and what I really appreciate about what you guys are doing is any way you can give education resources and tips um, to organizations, they so desperately need it. And part of what I think is cool um, some of, you know, the articles and the resources that you have, you know, in the, org learning center.org 
are also catered towards volunteers and board members, which is super important because they play such a critical role at all stages of the organization, but especially knowing that the majority of nonprofits are on the quote smaller end, it's even more important that board members and volunteers, you know, are educated and get resources. So I think that that's awesome. Um, I appreciate that you shared too about the, the DNS abuse Institute. Um, one of the, the things that I wanted to talk about is um, CSAM. Can you share a little bit about that initiative and, and what the focus is there? Sure. Uh, so one of the unfortunate parts of the internet is that there's, um, you know, some, some negative uh, content like child sexual abuse material. So CSAM is child sexual abuse material. And uh, that is something that, you know, we work together uh, to try to combat. We work with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We work together with the Internet Watch Foundation and the Hope Network around the world. And uh, the, the key is that um, you, we don't want to put the burden on the victims to address those issues. So we, we uh, have trusted partners uh, like the, like Nick Mick or the IWF and the Hope Network that that we use to try to combat CSAM online. You know, with, we usually um, try to avoid content. Content's hard. It's tricky. You have free expression rights. You have, um, you know, is is it um, something that's protected? Copyright, trademark. Uh, you know, those things are are difficult issues. Often, CSAM kind of uh, goes through that, and, and no one. Uh, usually complains if um, a registry or a registrar or, or a um, uh, hosting provider uh, addresses CSAM as, as quickly uh, and as thoroughly as possible. No one wants to see that on the internet. You know, for example, uh, in the United States, it's illegal to sell opioids online. Um, you know, with the opioid crisis, even with a prescription, you cannot sell opioids legally online. So we have a, a, a trusted relationship with the uh, FDA in the U.S. where if there's ever anyone selling opioids online in a .org site, we'll work with them with the FDA to address those issues. So there, there, are, there are certain segments of content issues that we will uh, deal with and we will deal with them uh, aggressively. And we think it's important to do that. That's amazing. Um, I do, before we run out the internet, uh, excuse me, the internet, the interview rather, <laughs> I do want to bring back, come back to the org impact awards, but what I've got to ask John is, and then we've covered all of this. I'm a little bit of a, of a, of a computer geek. I certainly grew up that way, building my own computers, designing websites, taught myself HTML when I was 12, all those good things. So can you explain to me a little bit more of the technical side of how domain names and specifically .orgs work. So to sort of to say it to you right now, for example, charitycharge.com, someone's actually squatting on the .org domain name. So that's a separate question or something I'll talk to you all about off topic, but we have charitycharge.com and I have that registered through GoDaddy and we pay an annual fee to them. I'm aware on GoDaddy or HostGator or other, you know, sites like that, I could re theoretically register a .com or a .org, et cetera. So how does that work? And how do you interface with those entities that like charge people and allow for that to happen? The, the best way to think of it is that we are a wholesaler. We wholesale .org names and make sure, make sure they work. 
And then there's a, a level called a registrar or a retailer. So GoDaddy or Network Solutions or Name.com or uh, all the other ones around the world that, um, that folks deal with. And th they provide not only domain names, but also other aspects of web presence like hosting or uh, shopping carts or, you know, um, digital, other digital identity, usually some marketing, things like that. So they help them. Uh, so the direct customer relationship is with uh, the GoDaddies of the world, whereas we have an indirect customer relationship with uh, all the .org uh, end users. Understood. Makes a lot of sense. And talk in your experience. Um, so we, you know, we work with large organizations, small organizations, organizations that you know, have been around for only a few months, all the way to organizations that have been around for hundred years, right? Are some of the non different nonprofits that we work with. Um, on those earlier stage organizations, uh, a lot of them we see don't yet have a website. Maybe they're using a .com. Um, a lot of for email, you know, if they do have a website, they're still using their Gmail or Hotmail email address to operate it. Uh, if you could sort of talk to in your own words, someone that is about to start a nonprofit, what would you tell them is important for them to use the .org early and um, talk to them about like how important it is to have that, that right digital identity? Yeah, it comes down to trust. Uh, you know, .org is the uh, domain or the top level domain, which is the global home for, you know, communities, organizations, individuals seeking to transform the world. And, and it's a trusted environment. And uh, so if I was starting a, a new nonprofit, I would absolutely um, wanna have it on .org. You could have it in your email address. Uh, you have it in, in your site when you give that out. You have it in your branding. You have it in your fundraising campaigns. And that uh, automatically evokes trust. And you know, if, if you look at the leaders in the mission-driven world, they're all on .orgs, right? So uh, I, I, I mentioned that uh, the .org Learning Center before, we worked with the Red Cross, for example, redcross.org, and uh, they help um, explain how they deal with uh, when, when, when there's a natural disaster and there are fake sites that come up, you know, and uh, we work with them on those issues and we work with uh, other providers. We have uh, in our .org Learning Center, we have lessons from leaders and all those lessons from leaders will will share uh, information about why .org is the best place for uh, nonprofits. That's what that's what we're geared towards. .com is for uh, you know uh, others as well. Uh, you know, going back to the uh, comfort cases video, um, .org is for givers, and uh, and just by seeing the .org, you get instant credibility and, and um, instant trust. So I would encourage uh, folks to. To look at that, uh, I would, you know, go to, as you mentioned, orglearningcenter.org, orgstories.org, orgimpactawards.org, uh, org, and um, you could see all the great work that .orgs are doing, and they want to be part of the .org community. Uh, so, you know, at this time with the with the pandemic and everything uh, going on, where people are suffering around the world, it, it's just heartening and inspiring to see uh, the incredible work of the .org community. And who wouldn't want to be part of that community? And so uh, we're welcoming them with open arms and ready to celebrate them. So uh, looking forward to, to new members and everyone who uh, wants to do good on the internet should be uh, looking at .org. I love it. 
Tell me, just I want to get on a technical thing because I think this could be a really good tip or advice. You had mentioned the the example there um, about how you'd work with the American Red Cross. If someone, so for folks listening that are running a nonprofit organization, if they were to notice that someone was created, you know, fraudulent websites or somehow was trying to like impersonate their nonprofit's identity online, is there a resource or a way through your website or elsewhere that they can report that or get in contact with your team? Absolutely. So if you have uh, any kind of uh, claims of abuse, you could just go to uh, uh, abuse, uh, I believe it's abuse.org um, and, uh, and file a, an issue, a complaint, and we can help uh, put you in the right direction. Um, so essentially, whether it's a, an issue that we deal with directly or we uh, could refer you to the right place, uh, depending on, on the issue, we're, we're happy to help uh, anyone that uh, has an issue with, uh, with .orgs. Awesome. And I want to remind everyone that's been listening along, please, please uh, check out orgimpactawards.org. On there, you can nominate a nonprofit and also stay in tune as the finalists are announced, but really great organiza- uh, way for organizations that you care about and are supporting to get the recognition they deserve and also have a chance to win some bonus money, which is great. Uh, absolutely. And I uh, look forward to as many uh, um, entries as possible. And um, we're just looking up that uh, I want to make sure that we have the abuse site that's absolutely correct. And we'll get that to you uh, after if, if um, that's okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And we'll put it in show notes and on our blog. No problem about yeah, that. Great. I think that that, that is, um, that is important, you know, for this episode, John, I want to thank you so much for everyone listening. This was John Nevitt of, um, of PRI and he is the president and CEO. Thank you so much for, excuse me, for PIR. My apologies there. But uh, that's right. I got it. I finally got it right there. Uh, but thank you so much for for being on this episode with me. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Stephen. And thank you again for all the great work that you do. Thank you. Appreciate it.